fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's a two-man show today, at least for a little while. We'll call it a two-and-a-half-men show. Heath, uh, you like two-and-a-half-men? Uh, sure. Really? CBS. I, I love a lot of big... Big Bang Theory, Young oh. Sheldon. Great. Oh, really? Young Neighborhood. Sheldon. Young Sheldon's good? Really good new shows. Okay. All right. Good for you. Young Thank Sheldon's you. awesome. Good promo. Good promo from Heath Cummings. We're going to have actually a guest on today. Nick Costos is going to join us later. And when Nick comes on, the fun begins. Nick is going to tell us players he can't wait to draft next year. We're going to look at the tight end position in 2019. We're going to play some fantasy Jeopardy, Jeopardy and we're going to do some fantasy regulating. But first, Heath and I have business to tend to. How was your waiver wiring? It was really good. I got distracted because I actually received an early Christmas present last night. Did you? And so I almost forgot to do it in one or two leagues. But um, thank you, Doogie Horner. Thank you, J.J. Harrison, oh. for this absolute masterpiece. That more I beer? More beer? What's that? More beer? No, no. Oh. <laughs> Can I give you just a short sampling? Yeah, sure. Twas the night before Christmas, and up in the tower, everyone was partying oh. except one wallflower. <laughs> John McClain missed his wife. Things just weren't the same since Holly'd moved west and changed her last name. I actually have that that same book. It, it's wonderful. It's I've really, I've read it multiple times already. It's really funny. It's just, and I love the line on the back, like promoing the book in case anyone like, what is this? It just breaks it all down for you. What, what does it say? On the back cover, Die Hard may be the greatest Christmas movie oh. of all time. And now you can enjoy the timeless tale in this whimsical storybook for adults. <laughs> it's definitely for adults, by the way. You don't want to let your kids read that Christmas book. yippee uh, All right. So I, I, I was just had one interesting thought on the waiver wire. Actually, two, because some people were asking us about Damian Williams. And uh, we didn't talk about him on the show yesterday, but I guess... He is still available in some CBS leagues, or at least he was. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's only 74% owned, uh, Damian Williams. How does he compare to Jamal Williams and Elijah McGuire? Okay, if you are in a league playing for a championship, go look right now and make sure Damian Williams is not available. That was a bad job by us. He is, if Spencer Ware does not play... He is better than anyone we talked about yesterday. Right, but that's the problem. Spencer Ware might play. If Spencer Ware does play, he's better than all like two guys we talked about yesterday. Yeah, he's not better than McGuire and Williams if Spencer Ware plays, right? Right, but okay. everyone else, yes. <laughs> okay, uh, and then I, I was looking at DSTs, and I, I sort of settled on the Dolphins. Um, first team I looked at was the Browns, and the Browns, they get, they get turnovers. Um, they obviously can get to the quarterback a little bit. But the Bengals have been so, and this is okay. Full disclosure, same argument I basically made about the Giants and the Titans last week. I didn't think the Titans would have that good of a game. And they shut out the Giants. But uh, you look at the Bengals and what they've done lately. Like they're not throwing a lot of interceptions. Three in their last five games. They're not giving up a ton of sacks. I think it's probably because they're they're just so conservative and so boring. It's not a great formula for a DST. So I I decided to go with the Dolphins over the. Cleveland Browns. Wait. 
we're worried about the Browns' defense because the Bengals are so conservative and so boring. Jacksonville they, might not attempt to pass. But they actually can run the ball, whereas I don't know that the Jaguars can. And and the Jaguar, like the Bengals are not giving up a lot of fantasy points to DSTs lately. The Jaguars are giving up a ton. Well, you mentioned the Titans. I actually picked them up in one league over both of these uh, defenses. No-brainer. Yes, I would have done um, the same. Yes. My second choice was Cleveland because they've been good in fantasy this year. That also like, counts. Not, not yeah. great, but for the most part, they've been good in fantasy. And they are facing Jeff Driscoll, whose number one receiver is John Ross, who <laughs> catches the ball about a third of the time it's thrown to him. Yeah, all good points. <laughs> all good points. Uh, the Tyler Boyd injury certainly, I guess, does change things. Would make uh, would make Cincinnati easier to defend. All right, well, that's all I really had to say. I mean, we, we don't need to do another waiver wire show. Um, and Tyler Boyd... Uh, he could be shut down. The decision has not been made yet, but I I would expect today is the beginning of shutdown. Yeah, time. Yeah, maybe we, maybe right. runs through Friday, but we're going to get some reports of guys that have been shut down starting today. Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Tyler Boyd. Those are three that you could certainly look at. All right, before we get Nick on, let's talk about some players and read some emails at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. First segment is slump busters. I want to look at some guys who are struggling lately and can they bounce back. This week, and the first one, uh, I didn't think of him when I initially was going to do the segment. But how about Philip Lindsay? You know, his last two games, he did score at San Francisco, but 14 carries for 30 yards and a touchdown at San Francisco, plus four catches for 21 yards. And then last week, 14 carries for 24 yards and four catches for 20 yards. So we're talking 14 carries and four catches in both games. Catches are great, but we're talking 51 or fewer total yards in both games. And a much better matchup at Oakland. But he doesn't get a ton of work usually with Royce Freeman healthy. Usually it's about 14 carries. So I think the interesting thing, Heath, is like normal week, we'd say, yeah, start Philip Lindsay. But you're gonna, you see the questions we're getting this week. The teams that are playing right now, a lot of them are loaded. I thought all the teams with good players got knocked out last week. <laughs> no. It didn't quite happen. Okay. So, I mean, and, and the waiver wire running backs are very interesting. So do you like or love Philip, Philip Lindsay this week at Oakland Monday night? I still love him. And listen, I, since I'm I'm going to take a little bit more airtime today since I'm the only one Good. here. Stretch your legs. Um, a lot of the debates that we have throughout the season are a lot like this one right here. He's had two unimpressive games from a yardage standpoint and really two bad games from a fantasy standpoint considering I have him ranked as a top seven running back this week. But you're still looking at a guy that you should expect to get 16 to 18 touches. I mean, 14 carries is good when you catch four passes in a week. So I think you're expecting 16 to 18 touches. It's a guy who's averaged over five yards per carry all year long, YPC for life, mm -hmm. against a defense that gives up about five yards per carry, YPC for life. That's right. And I just, like, I can't let a couple of bad games, especially, I mean, it's just you and me, so we can go ahead and say that San Francisco has a good run defense without... Foster, because you and I believe that. Yeah, I don't think Foster makes a difference. No, not at all. Right. 100%. <laughs> um, pound. What's that? F I'm fist pounding you through the sky. Yes. This. Um, so I, everything's there. It's a great matchup. You should have a good game script. You're going to get 16 to 18 touches against a bad defense with an efficient running back. I love him. Okay, we love Philip Lindsay. Baker Mayfield. His last three games, he has scored 15 fantasy points in each game. Uh, 
that in six point per passing touchdown leagues, that would be at Houston, where he threw for 397 yards, but a bunch of interceptions. Uh, and then the next week was against Carolina. So those are two great matchups. Against Carolina, 18 of 22, 238 yards and a touchdown. It's a pretty good game. Just didn't get that second score. Last week was disappointing. He played poorly at Denver. Um, so Baker Mayfield has the Bengals. He torched them for 34 fantasy points on 26 pass attempts four weeks ago. What do you think about Baker? I would start him over a lot of quarterbacks that got you here. I, I'm not going to go quite as far as to say I love him. I've got him ranked number eight right now in six-point-per-pass touchdown leagues. Part of that is because I think the Browns score a lot of points in this game. I uh, Baker Mayfield's made it very obvious how he feels about Hugh Jackson. There's a little <laughs> yeah. something extra there. I mean, I wouldn't even put it past him to audible out of a run play to throw another touchdown against him. Um, That's a good point. The Bengals' defense is absolute garbage. I do think there's a little bit of risk of a 25-pass attempt game for Mayfield. And that could put you in a 250-yard range and only two touchdowns, and then it's just okay. But I think there's a pretty high floor in this game just because I can't see him not doing anything against the defense this bad with this type of internal motivation. Yeah, and like I said, he only threw 26 passes against the Bengals in the first meeting, and he scored 34 fantasy points. We can't expect that efficiency. But his pass attempts the last five games for Mayfield are 20, 26, 43, 22, and 31. Like, I would start him over Tom Brady without hesitation. Really? All right. What about what about our next guy on Slump Busters, Jared Goff at Arizona? I have Baker two spots ahead of Jared Goff. Um, the, the problem with the Rams is even when Goff is good, in games like this, you get a little bit concerned about, like, do they have to throw it all? I Yeah, that was a good point you made. They should be able to, please play Todd Gurley, please play Todd Gurley. They should be able to run <laughs> right uh, everywhere. I think there is some upside because I think there's a chance that Todd Gurley doesn't play and, and they can't really run very well without Todd Gurley. Um, we've had a lot of evidence this year for running back doesn't matter, uh, especially in places like Pittsburgh. I don't think that's the case for the Rams, though, with their current no. running back situation. No, especially because he's so involved in the passing game. I mean, he will make right. golf, golf better in that regard. Um, yeah, and, and the this point I was making about Matt Ryan last week against Arizona, and he ended up having the best game of any quarterback all year against the Cardinals, was that one of the reasons the Cardinals have been very good against uh, quarterbacks, they currently allow the 10th fewest fantasy points and the 5th fewest passing yards in the NFL, is that teams don't throw on them. But I didn't really think the Falcons were going to line up and grind it out on the ground. Right. They were pretty balanced. Matt Ryan threw 36 passes last week. Only three quarterbacks have thrown more than 35 passes against Arizona. So Ryan, so that's why I kind of felt like Ryan is not going to fall into that trap of not throwing against the Cardinals, and he had a great game. Goff has thrown 39 or more passes in five of his last six games. It's sort of in their DNA to let him air it out, which, which works in their favor. Uh, well, it has been lately. Early in the year, that wasn't the case at all. Is that right? I think he was more of a 31, 32, 33 pass attempt guy earlier in the year. I guess we could look that up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 33, I'd say. And Arizona is one of, if not the slowest teams in the league in terms of pace. It's amazing. They've run 785 offensive plays this year. The Baltimore Ravens have run over 1,000. 
All right, more slump busters. That's pretty crazy. It's crazy. James White against Buffalo. In the first meeting, he had eight carries, 15 yards, and a rushing touchdown. He also had 10 catches for 79 yards. But since Rob Gronkowski has returned, he's been pretty unreliable. White has one catch, seven catches, two catches, and five catches in uh, those four games since Gronkowski returned. And if you want to look at receiving yards allowed to to running backs, White has had some, I guess, tough matchups in that regard lately. This is not as tough. But what do you think about James White? Can he bust the slump? Oh, I think he can. I don't think I can rely on him to, especially in non-PPR. He's he's a low-end flex for me in non-PPR. He's a high-end flex for me in PPR. There's just too many mouths to feed. Like last week, it went pretty well for him. He was second on the team with targets with seven. The week before, three players had more targets than him. He only had four. He had nine the week before that and actually led the team in targets. I don't think you can reliably predict which Patriot is going to get the most targets in the against the Bills, who have had a very good pass defense this year. They have. So yeah. he's a, And this is not – like it, it would be easy to look at them and their record and say, well, it's just like Arizona. Nobody passes against them. But I think they're actually first or second in the league in terms of yards per pass attempt allowed. Uh, the yeah, they're they are better defensively that in that regard than the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, and then finally Zach Ertz. People want to know about Zach Ertz. He's got a great matchup against Houston. Houston is so bad against tight ends. Like even the game for Herndon last week, three catches for fifty three yards. It's a lot of yards for Chris Herndon. Um, so Ertz, by the way, has had seven or more targets in twelve of fourteen games this season, including last week. Twelve, seven or more targets in all but two games. There have been five tight ends. With seven or more targets against Houston, all five of them have scored a touchdown. Uh, that's crazy. Does he bust the slump, Zach Ertz? I certainly hope not, because I'm playing against him in at least one league, Heath. But for for the rest of his owners, I will be nice and say I hope he busts the slump. Yeah, I think he's going to probably bust out of the slump. I wonder if a little bit what happened. Like we get these elite tight ends, and other than I don't really think that Zach Ertz is unstoppable. Like, some of these receivers are just pretty much unstoppable. It doesn't matter if you double-team them or what you try to do. Zach Ertz is not unstoppable, and there had been no threats outside at all. I think teams just decided we're not going to get beat by Zach Ertz. Well, Foles threw the ball down the field, threw it to Alshon Jeffrey. They finally had a quarterback with a little bit of courage and conviction. Oh, and God. So I think that'll open up <laughs> things over the middle for Zach Ertz. Oh, God, you Heath. All right, let's uh, do some news and notes. Aaron Jones is on IR. Please don't email me about the Carson Wentz thing. I was just trying to troll out of <laughs> Marcus Murphy's on IR. Uh, Seattle signed Bo Scarborough, running back, which probably means uh, Rashad Penny will not be playing. Spencer wears day-to-day. Melvin Gordon said, I feel good, not 100% obviously, but we're going to go out there and knock off some rust and get myself ready for the playoffs. That's not encouraging. No, it's not. But then I saw that he like was full go in practice. But no, it's not. Uh, I I'm struggling with ranking him. We talked about him on CBS Sports HQ this morning, and he is one of the biggest studs with a bad matchup. The only thing that's keeping me in a must start Melvin Gordon range is what running backs have done against the Ravens the last couple of weeks. They haven't looked the same. Well, not only that, I mean, he hasn't had a bad game all year. I can't imagine he hasn't had one tough matchup all year. I didn't even think about him because we are going to talk about good players with tough matchups. Um, he torched San Francisco. I don't know if Ruben Foster was playing. LOL. 
Uh, he okay. So Denver was probably his toughest matchup, and he was not good per carry. Eighteen carries, sixty-nine yards, but six catches for eighty-seven yards. Well, and that's the thing. I'm okay with Mel- full go Melvin Gordon against a terrible matchup because he's going to touch the ball twenty-five times, and it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. But if he is half go Melvin Gordon and he's getting like sixteen touches against Baltimore, that that could be a problem. <clears throat> so do you anticipate ranking Philip Lindsay ahead of Melvin Gordon? I currently have Philip Lindsay ranked ahead of Melvin Gordon. Oh, one spot. How about that? How about that? Uh, more news. Keenan Allen did not practice. So make sure you look for Mike Williams and maybe even Tyrell Williams. Could be a game time decision for Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler did not practice. Like we said, Cam Newton could be shut down. Deshaun Jackson is hoping to play this week at Dallas. Philip Lindsay is the first undrafted offensive player to make the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. Very impressive. Uh, Marcus Mariota has a foot injury. Does not seem serious, right? Just sort of like he's on the injury report, Mariota. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. And Green Bay nose tackle Kenny Clark is on IR, which is a nice little boost for Elijah McGuire. And we will get into good players with uh, bad matchups. We'll get into the emails in just a second. First, got to get into the SeatGeek app. I know Heath's got the SeatGeek app. He's bought concert tickets uh, on SeatGeek. I'm not sure. Have you got, gone to any sporting events via SeatGeek, Heath? You don't really go to a lot of sporting events. I, I bought uh, Royals Marlins tickets oh, on SeatGeek. Oh, very nice. I bought Jack Johnson tickets on SeatGeek. Yeah, very nice. Uh, and I only know one Jack Johnson song, just so you know. But I like it. Uh, but I go to sporting events a lot. Yankees games, Knicks games, uh Miami Hurricanes games when they're in in the pinstripe bowl or down in Miami. And I use SeatGeek. I love using the SeatGeek app. It saves me a lot of money. It gets me some great prices by searching multiple sites, grading every ticket based on value, helps me immediately identify the best seats that fit my budget, and saves time. You know, I don't have to go out and look on other sites anymore. I just let SeatGeek do it for me. And you can get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I still get tweets <sighs> several times a week, I'd say, asking me for the promo code and for the app. That's fine. Feel free to tweet us at Adam Azer. Um, it's the SeatGeek app, and the code is FFT. Download the app and use the code FFT. Get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Every purchase fully guaranteed, by the way. FFT for 10 bucks off. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, quick round of emails, Heath. This is from Mike. Dear Heath, Jamie, Dave, and the other guy, assuming you start with $1,000 of fab, uh, do you have a recommended amount that you try to save for the playoffs? You're not going to believe this, but I subscribe to the no intentional fab theory. <laughs> Nift. Oh, no. Why? It would be nifty. No intentional fab theory. Y'all. Y'all. Yeah. Nifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nifty. <laughs> uh, the only real thing I would say, and I made this mistake this year, is if you don't have. If you have don't have zero dollar bids, don't spend it all. I just think each and every year and each and ro- each and every roster is so different. In that you may be weak at running back, you may have started with a, a zero running back team, and those running backs start popping up, and you just got to go for it. Sure, and, and I think the thing that I've learned, I'm in. You know, okay, so are all of my leagues fab? That I'm in right now? No, two of the three finals that I'm in are fab. One of them I have zero dollars, and I've had zero dollars for like three weeks. And the other one, the two quarterback league, I've just been bullying everybody for the last three weeks or so. That's why I got Spencer Ware. That's why I picked up Jamal Williams last night. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Justin Jackson last week. 
almost everybody ran out of fab except for me. Um, and it was just a different situation in that league. That that was one of my stronger teams. And I think what I would recommend is this: you know, don't don't worry about your fab at the start of the year in terms of saving because you got to get there. But if you have a really good team and you know you're going to the playoffs, don't then you should be at least trying to save your fab. Don't spend a ton unless you've got a guy that you think is going to help you out big time rest of season. Just look at look at what's happening. Like, how valuable would it be to have Fab these last three weeks with well, all, all these I'm, running back injuries? I'm facing Juji Fruits Smith Schuster in the finals of the podcast listeners league, and I looked last night and I had four dollars left and he had zero, and so I made a one dollar bid on Mike Williams, got him. Nice. Made a one dollar bid on Robbie Anderson, got him. Made a one dollar bid on Keith Ford, got him. Made a one dollar bid on Kalen Balage, got him. Got him. <laughs> yeah. And it's Juju nice Smith Schuster got none of them. <laughs> All right, another email from Jensen. Dear Corey, Sean, Eric, and Mister Feeney. Boy meets world. Yes, I didn't think you'd know that. I'm impressed. I didn't like it, but eh, it's not that great. I made it to the championship round in my half PPR league. Should I flex Leonard Fournette or Kalen Balage? <laughs> He'd say. I I I currently have Fournette ranked higher. That may change by the end of the week. I'm really nervous about both of these backs. I think that there is a legitimate chance both of them could give you a zero. Yeah. I think uh, there's a legitimate chance either of them could be. A legitimate chance that Kalen Balage just gets a zero? I think there's a chance that he comes out and fumbles in his first three or four carries and just doesn't play again uh, <laughs> like is that would that be surprising from adam gase is Kalen balaj a fumbler any running back could i don't i kind of reject the notion of fumblers and not fumblers Tariq cohen is a fumbler okay uh tiki barber was a fumbler giants uh adam did you ever read that butterfinger yes i did jensen also robbie anderson Deshaun hamilton or josh reynolds to replace tyler boyd Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. He's top 18 for me right now. Bob from Youngstown, Ohio. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. I was planning on using Aaron Jones, but I can't. So I have to choose between David Johnson, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack, and Jamal Williams. I'm leaning Derek Henry. It's PPR. David Johnson, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack, or Jamal Williams? In PPR, I believe I still have Johnson ahead of Henry. In non-PPR, Henry would be my favorite. But David Johnson's targets have exploded since Christian Kirk went out. In two games now, I'm pulling it up just to be exact. He had 10 targets, eight catches in his first game without Christian Kirk. Last week, six more targets. Those are his two of his three highest target totals of the season. Hmm, interesting. That's good. That's a good note. Yeah, he's just, he's just not like that good <laughs> this year. Mar- I, mean, I thought Marlon Mack would get a little love. Like, he's been really bad the last two weeks, but you look at his PPR points, and he had 14 in week 14. He had 6, 12, 18.8 last week. Does it matter to you that the Rams are actually really good in in yards allowed, receiving yards allowed? I don't know about catches, but they're good in yards to running That back. does not matter to me. All right. Next email is from Chris in San Antonio. Dear Tall, Grande, and Venti. Never had a cup of coffee in my life. I think those are uh, Starbucks sizes. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're definitely coffee sizes. Need three in PPR. 
That's another bet I should if I lose I have to drink coffee. I'd rather watch you drink a beer. That's not happening. Spencer Ware, pick three. Spencer Ware, Jordan Howard, uh, Elijah McGuire, Robbie Anderson, and Corey Davis. It's PPR. Ware at Seattle, Howard at San Fran, McGuire against Green Bay, Anderson against Green Bay, Corey Davis against Washington. Well, I think there's a legitimate chance. Like, Spencer Ware's Sunday night. None of these guys are Monday night. I think there's a legitimate chance we don't know if Spencer Ware is playing. And so you can't consider him. Corey Davis is definitely last amongst the guys who were, are definitely playing. McGuire and Anderson are musts here. It's either going to be Spencer Ware or someone else. I'm going to start Jordan Howard unless Spencer Ware plays. And then I'll probably start Ware. From Jack, Eli McGuire or Damian Williams? <clears throat> depends on Spencer Ware. It depends entirely on Spencer Ware. If Ware is out, then I'd go with Williams. If Ware is back, then I'd go with McGuire. From Anthony, Goff or Luck, six point per passing touchdown league. This is not particularly close for me. I'm going with Andrew Luck. From Peter, half PPR, Melvin Gordon against Baltimore, Joe Mixon at Cleveland, Derek Henry against Washington, Nick Chubb against Cincinnati. Pick three, Gordon, Mixon, Henry, and Chubb. You have to sit one. And it was PPR? Half. Oof. Okay, so I'm starting Nick Chubb 100% for sure. He's a top three running back for me. I I think I'm in half PPR. I think I'm sitting Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think you have to. He's going to have another big game, though. <laughs> All the, like, I th- If great you want to be safe, you don't play Melvin Gordon. No. Well, I mean, I guess I see that, but I guess I see what you're saying. But that's certainly not giving you the most upside. Steve in Milwaukee. Dear George, John, Thomas, and James. Presidents, right? Well, I think they probably are, yeah. Yeah. Is James Madison the fourth president? I don't know the presidents in order. Because these are definitely the first three presidents. Then probably. Exposing the ignorance of our show. This is a cool idea. This is about a fantasy football pro bowl. I'm the commissioner of a 10-team dynasty league. I have something in my throat. With two divisions. We decided to make Week 17 a Fantasy Pro Bowl. The top two teams from each division that don't make the Fantasy Super Bowl, which is in Week 17. Oh, no. Sorry. The top two teams from each division that don't make the Fantasy Super Bowl face off in Week 17 for a Pro Bowl, and the winner gets $20 of the pot. Each of these managers can assemble a starting lineup using any player currently rostered on a team within their own division. It's mostly for fun and the winner gets a little cash. Only two managers get to participate, but I think it's fun to make a roster using the other team's players, adding and adding the fact that a lot of studs sit Week 17, so it's a, a fun way to manage a new team. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. The only little tweak I might make is I think I'd do two teams that didn't even make the playoffs. Oh, wow. Uh, why? Like, we have a lot of these oh, stupid... Oh, give, give them a little little fun? Constellation brackets, uh-huh. and I'm playing in a constellation game this week, and I found out that it's for something, so I'm actually gonna have to try at it. But it creates too many problems with waivers and conflicts of interest. And so, do away with your constellation bracket. Add a Pro Bowl in Week 17. There you go. Good players with tough matchups, Heath. And then we're gonna bring on Nick Costos and uh, and hang out. Josh Gordon against Buffalo. Well, I thought Buffalo was a tough matchup. But the last four games, 
they've struggled a bit. Dede Westbrook caught a touchdown. Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills caught a touchdown. All of them had 44 or fewer yards. Robbie Anderson had four catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. And Kenny Galladay, seven for 146. But I know you have issues with Josh Gordon to begin with. Um, I consider him a good player with a tough matchup. How about you? I think he's an awesome player. I, I like him very much. I think he makes the Patriots a lot better. I hope that he stays in the NFL for the next 10 years and dominates. I'm, I'm worried about, I mean, you can just look at his targets since Gronk came back. Five, three, eight, two. Yep. That's yep. really all you have to know. The, the floor is almost non-existent in a game where Tom Brady may not need to throw very much and Buffalo is a good pass defense. So I understand not wanting to sit Josh Gordon. I have him ranked way too low because I've I talked about this before on, on Tuesday morning when my rankings come out, they're essentially exactly what my projections say. And then I try to move them around a little bit to match more what, what I'm thinking. I don't have my top 35 receivers right now in PPR. Oh, wow. So that'll change. But, I mean, but he's, cause caught... he's been productive. I, I know the, I know that. Like last week was a disaster. One catch for 19 yards at Pittsburgh. But before that, five for 70 at the Jets, three for 58 and a touchdown against the Vikings, five for 96 at Miami. Um, but also that was like, and it, this is gets into something else that I look at. He's a guy that generally catches 55, 60% of his targets because they're downfield. It makes sense. It's not a, it's not a di- diss on him. It's just the type of targets he gets. He's not going to catch a high percentage of them. Pre Patriots, you mean? And even this year so far. Okay. I mean, the games before this, he was catching 5 out of 10, 4 out of 12. But he went through a three-week stretch where he caught 13 out of 16 targets. Mm. And so I, I'm i very nervous about him, but I also recognize that he could be a top 10 receiver this week, and it wouldn't be that surprising. You'd start like McGuire and Williams over him. I, I, I would start pretty much all of the waiver wire guys over him. Not like Zach Zenner. No, all of the guys that I, we were actually excited about adding. Okay. Uh, Kenny Galladay thought he had a tough matchup last week. He destroyed the Bills, seven catches, 146 yards. But this is a stiffer test. This is probably Xavier Rhodes on Kenny Galladay. And in his first meeting, he only had three catches for 46 yards on four targets against the Vikings. But Marvin Jones played in that game. So how do you feel about Kenny Galladay? It's... The opposite of how I feel about Josh Gordon, I've probably got him ranked too high right now. I've got him in my top 20. Um, he's got one game in the last six where he doesn't have at least eight targets. Yep. I feel like Kenny Galladay is an elite wide receiver that if you just throw it up to him, it doesn't matter if it's Xavier Rhodes. It doesn't matter if it's Jalen Ramsey. It doesn't matter who it is. Kenny Galladay is going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rhodes is like so good, He makes good, catches that you just look at it and you're like, well, that there is absolutely nothing else the defense could have done there. I'm not sure that Rhodes has like locked down and embarrassed any great wide receivers this year. You no. Know, you know, he's, he, he limits them. Yes. So, like, for example, Devontae Adams, two games with about 65 yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, five catches for 81 yards. Josh Gordon, three catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Lockett was 5 for 42, but I don't think he's in this class. Um, so maybe it's, you know, you expect solid, but not not going to have a great game. And Kenny Galladay's played a pretty miserable schedule. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. NFC North's got the Vikings, Bears twice. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. All right, uh, Jameis Winston at Dallas. Uh, he, he is right in that Tom Brady range of quarterbacks that you might be stuck starting, but I don't really want to start. He's not. They've changed. I mean, he's not like airing it out as much, I feel. Last three games, he's thrown for 249, 213, and 157 yards. That's not what we expect from the Bucks. They they were the probably still are the top passing team in the NFL. But it hasn't yes. been because of the last three games. I would rather start Dak. I'd rather start Brady. I'd rather start Jared Goff, who I expressed some concern about. I would start Winston over Cousins, over Cam Newton, over Phillip Rivers. James Conner's got a tough matchup at New Orleans. And in my opinion, he's had five tough matchups this year. And in those games, he scored five in non-PPR, five, 21, 12, four, and seven fantasy points. Um, that was Baltimore twice, Carolina, Jacksonville, and Denver. In PPR, he scored eight, 28, 13, 10, and 11. But suffice well, to that, say, yeah. That, that brings up the issue right there. And I talked about this yesterday and saying that I didn't think Mike Tomlin can use a committee. I, I kind of think that Jalen Samuels is better as a pass catching running back than James Conner. If he uses Jalen Samuels as the pass catching guy, then I think Conner could have a really bad game. James Conner's a sit if we knew that in advance. Right, right. But I don't think we're going to know that in advance. And they've not done that in the last five years. Because the Saints are a little vulnerable in the passing game to running backs. Like, Zeke had 6 for 60 in a touchdown. McCaffrey had 8 for 67. Those are the last two games they played. Um, even Jacquez Rogers had 38 yards. Uh, I, I think with Connor, you have to look at it as it's everything we have to look out says that it's going to be a high-scoring game. He is the most likely running back to score a touchdown for the Steelers. You should probably just start him. But you, I mean, you have him like lower than Melvin Gordon, right? Oh, yes, for sure. Right. I, I think this is probably a guy where some fantasy owners of James Conner might get away from him this week if they yes. picked up different options. I'd start Marlon Mack over him. I'd start Chris Carson over him. I'd start Derrick Henry over him. All right, Heath. Uh, I was going to bring up Matt Breida, but we'll save him for tomorrow. Let's get Nick Costos on for some fantasy talk right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And here he is, CBS Sports HQ host. Is that how I should introduce you, Nick? What's on your business card? Um, greatest human being on the planet. <laughs> That's right. Nick Costas. I, I thought he preferred former undefeated fantasy football manager, Nick Costas. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. You know, I, I I feel like that should be like my running the running gag for the rest of my life is that I will always be former undefeated fantasy football manager, even if I never A win another title or B never go undefeated again. I did it once, so that's my calling card. Last year, right? Last year in my in my ultra competitive league with all my buddies from high school and college, the crowning achievement of my fantasy lifetime. That and it's it's amazing. But you actually had an interesting sort of uh, proposition about undefeated seasons. So go ahead and throw that out. Yes. So so I was going back and forth with uh, with our buddy Will Brinson on this on Twitter, because at the time, you know, I, I was just so majorly on tilt. And, and I got to give Heath some credit because Heath, besides for myself, who I feel like I'm probably really entertaining to watch on tilt. Heath might be the most entertaining person to watch on tilt. <laughs> Him sweat daily a couple years ago when I first moved down to Florida. That really opened my eyes to like real fantasy sweats. So Heath, Heath, you are an absolute legend in that regard. And I feel like I'm only second second to you in, in, in that in that particular regard. So I thought I was going to make the finals in no in zero of my 10 leagues. I ended up making it in two of my 10 leagues, which still I'm still pissed about. So I was thinking, you know, I went undefeated last year and and I remember saying to Jamie Eisenberg and, and Pete Prisco last year, I would trade like five years of no titles in any of my leagues if I can complete the undefeated season here. And then I was kind of regretting it being like, I feel like this is <laughs> karma kind of kick, kicking me in the butt, you know, for, for what I said last year. So, so that's the question. The league that you care the most about, if I could guarantee you an undefeated season in that league, the bragging rights that come with it, would you then punt on all following season and guarantee yourself no fantasy championship? Just, just for the next season. Just for the next season, you okay. have to put. But like, th- this can't be like you only do like one or two leagues. Like I do like ten. Yeah, leagues. yeah, yeah. We all we're all ten or more. All right, Heath, I'll let you answer. One undefeated season in your favorite league means you cannot win any others for that year or the following year. No chance <laughs> at all. No <laughs> chance at all. And I listen. I've never had an undefeated season. I'm jealous that Nick had one. But no, don't admit I that. would much rather win. Four of my 18 leagues this year and four of my 18 leagues next year than have an undefeated team this year and then win zero next year. The idea, and it might happen to me. I mean, I'm in five finals. I can go 0-5 this week. The idea of winning zero championships in a season and then not having any fantasy football for the next eight months and dealing with the fact that I am just the biggest loser in the history (laughs) of fantasy football, I I couldn't deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I I would love to do I don't have any leagues like that, unfortunately. You guys play in leagues with like your buddies from home that you've been in forever. I don't have any of those leagues, so I wouldn't care enough about having bragging rights. But is that, uh, is that because um your friends don't play fantasy football or you just don't have that many friends? My friends don't play I, I was Definitely I was, both. <laughs> Definitely a little bit of both. There's, there's just no you know, like we are we are Adam's friends. I used to and brag then, and, and I use that term loosely. I used to brag about this a lot. I haven't bragged about it in a while, but I was nominated for both prom king and homecoming king senior year of high school. So how many kids were in your class? Six? A hundred and seven. How was that possible? A hundred and seven people in my class. Nominated for both, lost both. That doesn't matter. Um, well, you are you are a pretty affable guy, so I I can see you currying some favor in, in that regard because you are a really nice guy and people like you. Oh, thank you. Like, 107 people in your class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like approximately 50 dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was like a one in ten chance that you were getting nominated. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The yeah. best part okay. about this, you would think like Adam was from like some podunk town. Like Adam's from New York. Like how are there 107 kids? There are like no. 107 kids in like my grade class. No, I, I grew up in Florida. More than that. 
I grew up in Florida, Nick. I was, I was ah, a Florida. Yeah, whatever. Uh, there's like hardly anybody in Florida. Uh, anyway, let, let's talk football here. Um, Nick, we want one player at each position that you cannot wait to draft next year. Let's start with quarterback. Who are you pumped to draft next year? Okay, now I, I just want to give this caveat, right? So when I sit down, sat down to kind of make this list, it can't be like Patrick Mahomes or someone right. like that because right. it's too obvious, right? So I kind of went off the beaten path for this one. And this is a guy who I'm pumped to draft, but only under the right circumstances. And I do feel like the right circumstance will emerge here where I don't feel like there's going to be any hype around this quarterback because the hype's already hit the fever pitch with this particular guy coming off an injury. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of hype coming this offseason. So I do think he's going to be a value next year as opposed to this year where he was obviously not a value. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers because another offseason here in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I really like the weapons that they've got there, and especially Pettis, obviously, and George Kittle. And when you look at what Nick Mullins has been able to do, Nick Mullins looks like a freaking superstar. I, I I love Jimmy Garoppolo next year, and you're going to give me Jimmy Garoppolo in a late round? I think Garoppolo's going to put, put up big numbers next year, so I'm already excited about getting Jimmy Garoppolo late in my fantasy drafts because I think he's he'll be a QB1 next season. Peace. I, I like the sentiment behind it because he is going to be available in the double-digit rounds, and that's when I'm going. Like, I'm not... I'm probably going to have zero teams with Patrick Mahomes next year, except for my dynasty league where I own him. I'm not going to draft him next year. Like you can't, the- you can't, right? Like he's going to go in the third, second or third round, right? Of drafts next year. Absolutely. Now the, the only, I guess the only little bit of hesitation I have is like, we're getting close to talking about a 28, 29 year old Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo with like 12 career starts. I'm a little bit worried that he's just never going to live up to the hype that he's had for the last three or four years. In Dynasty, I think that that's fair, right? But I mean, like, given what Mullins is doing, is it is it insane to think that Garoppolo could throw 35 touchdowns next season? Like, is that an insane thought? No. I don't think it's totally insane. I think it's pretty unlikely. I just, I think what's interesting, I'm totally with you. I, I want to know how many people are going to feel that way and when he's going to get drafted, how much hype there will be. Uh, he'll be an interesting one for sure. Uh, which running back are you pumped to draft? Now, unfortunately here, I feel like this guy is going to be a second round pick next year, especially if he, if he has a good game this weekend, but it's a guy that I've loved for a couple years now. And he's actually kind of like, uh, my belief in him is kind of paid off now. And it's Derrick Henry whom I drafted everywhere this year. Like I have him, I did 10 leagues. I think I had him in seven of them and I took him in the third round. In, in a good number of those drafts. So I really felt like this was going to be a double-digit touchdown season for Henry, and it is now it, a double-digit. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but it's all happened over the last <laughs> couple of weeks because he's really stunk uh, over the majority of the season. But look, I mean, the Titans have too much talent offensive line, right? And I'm really shocked by how poorly they played for the majority of the season, but the run blocking at least has been very good the last couple weeks. There's no reason to believe that as long as Mariota stays healthy through the offseason, that year two in Matt LaFleur's system won't go better. And Henry and possessed right now, and if that's going to be the identity of this team, and again, there's no reason to believe it won't be because besides for Corey Davis, none of these young receivers have really stepped up, where we could see Henry tote the rock 25 times a game, like get Deion Lewis the hell out of there, like he never belonged on the field, it should be Derrick Henry's backfield to begin with, so Henry's going to be a second round pick next year. And I would not shy away from taking Derrick Henry potentially in the second round because I think he's going to score 12 to 15 touchdowns again next season. Heath, and not, I think it'll be more of an even campaign. Heath, I'm not doing it. I I, uh, I will let Nick have Derrick Henry in the second round. Uh, there's just, I don't know, it's too much bad this year. And I, I get scared of guys who aren't involved in the passing game because all you need is the game script to go wrong 
or the offensive line to get an injury or something like that. And, and then you've got, uh, then you've got like a plotter. So if Deion Lewis is still there, I think Henry's more of a third, like kind of where he was going this year. Heath? The, the key for me over the last couple of weeks is they finally realized that just because Derrick Henry's 275 pounds, maybe he's only 250. It doesn't mean that you have to run him between the two guards. It's okay to let Derrick Henry get outside a little bit. He was, had one of the fastest times for a running back this year on his, not his last run, but the week before. Derrick Henry's good running outside. And if they have realized that, and if they show us over the next couple of weeks that they've realized that, then I think Derrick Henry's going to be a monster. And I don't believe he's going to go in the second round. I think he's probably going to have a third round ADP, especially Let's in PPR go. league. Yeah, he'll be and, very happy about that, Nick. Oh, I'll take and by the third. way, and by the way, Matt Lafleur has, has stung for the majority of the season. So I'm, I'm hoping that this guy can can be better next year because I mean, if they finish the season strong, they're probably not going to fire him. But I mean, I again, it stands to reason in theory that this offense should be a little better next year because really, how could it be much worse than it's been the majority of the year? And you know what, fantasy football is all about touchdowns. Derrick Henry is going to score yeah, a lot of them. He, he will. That is true. Uh, wide receiver. Who's going to score a lot of touchdowns next year? Who are you excited to draft next year? You know, there are obviously a lot of guys that you can go with at, at what's a really deep and loaded position. But again, I'm always looking for monster touchdown upside. So I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay of the Lions. And again, this kind of dovetails in with the the first two guys that I've given you, where it almost can't get worse for these offenses, can't get worse for these situations. So the situation's going to be better next year, whether they keep Jim Bob Cooter or don't, the Lions do. It's going to be a better passing game because it can't be worse, right? You know, trading Golden Tate midseason, Marvin Jones getting hurt, obviously losing Ebron and not replacing him. So again, it. A lot of this is contingent upon like what happens in free agency in the draft, but the assumption is is that the Lions are going to do a better job surrounding Matthew Stafford with some talent. And Kenny Galladay, I think, is a true number one. And he he had spots this past week against Buffalo, right, where he kind of looked like Calvin Johnson. So if Galladay's the number one and they get him some help where defenses can't just key on him and remove him from the game plan, which is what's been happening, he still had a great game this weekend— Kenny Galladay is going to score double-digit touchdowns next season as the number one option in that passing game, and I want touchdown upside. So I feel like right now Kenny Galladay is going to be a guy that I want to own all over the place next year. Heath, where do you think Galladay goes next year? Assuming that they come back with a a similar situation, I think you're probably looking at a sixth-round pick. Sixth round? Maybe a seventh. Oh, I love that for a guy that's going to score in the double digits and touch. I, I think you're low there. That think, to me all day. Yeah, I think I think he's. I was I was thinking he'd be like a fourth round pick, like because because okay, if I recall, Allen Robinson was going around like the fifth round. So well, I mean, who, the way we've looked at it so far with our running back preview and our wide receiving preview, they're going to be 25 running backs taken in the first four rounds, uh-huh. or if not more. Okay, and there are going to be three tight ends taken in the first four rounds. There uh-huh. are going to be two or three quarterbacks taken in the first four rounds. I don't know if there's room for more than fifteen receivers. So he's not a top fifteen receiver. Can't be that far. I think he. I think talent wise, he's a top ten receiver. I think the kid, he's an absolute stud, and I agree with everything Nick said. Maybe it's fifth round. Maybe I should have said fifth. Does it matter to you if Marvin Jones is back? Because I, I, I think he's going to be back. He's got a lot. It of would money. be good for him if Marvin Jones is back. Agreed. I, I agree. Like I get, get some pressure off this guy. Well, but that's not what the numbers said this year. In the brief time when Joe, when Golden Tate was traded and Jones was there, Galladay took off after Jones got hurt. That's true. Well, may, lim- question, and and I can't disagree with the numbers, but again, this is the kind of stuff that 
crazy as people that watch that watch and like know what the hell is going on. Who do you guys think is the like if you guys were GMs starting like a real football team, who would you rather have? Oh. Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones? Obviously. Oh, Galladay, yeah. sure. Galladay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So like at some point I feel like you have to bet on talent and yeah. like talent is going to win out. Like I will bet on Kenny Galladay. Yeah, uh, it's it's a good bet to place. And the tight end that you're going to be betting on next year. This is another guy where I'm just purely betting on talents. And this position's a, a wasteland, man. Like, it is like, – and I went through, like, my – I know we'll talk a little more tight ends here. I went through some of my rankings here. Um, this position stinks. Um, the guy that I'm talking about, though, does not. Um, O.J. Howard. So I feel like what's really going to help O.J. next year, Dirk Cutter and Jason Light are both going to get fired, right? This is – and why do they give Cameron Brate that extension? Like, I, I don't no, have an answer to that no. question. But this new coaching staff and this new regime is going to have zero loyalty to Cameron Brate. And they're going to want to win football games. And they're going to watch practice, and they're going to say, wow, this guy O.J. Howard's much better than Cameron Brate. Like, O.J. Howard, just based on, like, freakish athletic ability and talent, might be the most talented tight end in the National Football League. Oh, He's right up there. He's he, Nick. Field. Nick, I don't. You and I are like completely on the same wave. Like, uh, I love OJ Howard. I loved him going into this year, and I know he's been a little lucky with touchdowns, but I expect the targets to go way up next year. I I agree with basically everything you're saying. He touchdown monster. He's going to score ten times next year. OJ, if he plays sixteen games, he's scoring ten times. He's he's maybe not quite as talented as Travis Kelsey. But he, George Kittle, okay. Kelsey Ertz, fair, fair, they're fair all enough. great. Fair enough. If we want to say Kelsey's more talented, fine. Then he's the second most talented tight end. Fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so Adam, we've got uh, we got some our first. This is shutdown day. We've got our oh. first player shut down. Uh, who we got? Carry uh, on Johnson being shut down for the season. Okay, shut down, shut down day. <laughs> Today's early signing day, right? National signing day in college football, yeah. All right, so um, it's the big, big day. I, I debated, by the way, going carry on Johnson over Derrick Henry for my running back I can't wait to draft because now I think he's going to be a great value next year. He's pretty injury prone, but uh, I hope I hope there is value on him because that man is really good. All right, I know I said we were – I know I told Nick and I told the audience that we were going to talk about tight ends for next year, but uh, we're not, I don't think, because we have to do two fun segments. We have to play Fantasy Jeopardy, and we have to do Fantasy Regulators – which I think Nick is going to enjoy very much. He gets to tell people how to be the commissioner of their leagues. So here's nice. how here's how Fantasy Jeopardy works. I'll get this. I, I do that to Heath all the time, by the way, in our Dynasty League. He loves it. Uh, how would you even know how I'm being commissioner? You don't even see the emails that I send. <laughs> no, I actually, I changed it, so now I actually do see those emails. <laughs> I am playing Weird Al's I Lost on Jeopardy in the background. Nobody's paying attention, but I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, fantasy Only Jeopardy. you would be, would be listening to Weird Al Yankovic. Like, <laughs> who, who listens to freaking Weird I mean, it's unbelievable. Nominated for Prom King and Homecoming King, Nick. Okay. Um, that should be on U.S. What's on my business card? That should be on yeah, yours. Yeah, it, it is. So uh, here's, how, here's how Fantasy Jeopardy works. It's just trivia. We don't have to do any fantasy analysis. There are three categories. They are quarterbacks, running backs, and pass catchers. Quarterbacks, running backs, and pass catchers. There are four answers in each category, and they are for five, a lot of money, because we gotta do some daily doubles. 500, 1000, 1500, and $2000 for each. Everybody clear? I'm confused, but it's fine. You've, we'll you know, you've it seen out. the show Jeopardy? Yeah, you've seen Jeopardy, right? It, it's, it's too early in the morning to play Jeopardy. All right. Well, I am the second worst player in the history of this game. So well, you have you're... a great chance. The only person I've ever beaten is Jamie. All so, you have to do is say quarterbacks, running backs, or pass catchers for five hundred, one thousand, fifteen hundred, or two thousand dollars. Okay, sounds good. 
Okay. Uh, all right, great. So since and and when you want to buzz in, you have to say your name. You have to say Nick or Heath. Does that work? Can we can can I be the regulator and tell you how to be the commissioner of this game, or does, no, do we not want to? Want trust to cross trust the me, trust me, it works. Just say Nick when you want to answer. Um, okay, Nick, I'll give you the board first. Okay, uh, I will do um, running backs for five hundred. Running backs for five hundred. Okay, the answer: a popular number in Las Vegas. This is the number of total touchdowns for Todd Gurley this season. Heath, Heath, twenty-one. What is 21? Correct. Heath gets $500 and the board is yours. Okay, now I see how this goes. Okay, it's Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, it's Jeopardy, exactly. <laughs> I told you, the brain's working a little slowly this morning. <laughs> What'd you think it was, Wheel of Fortune? I, you know what? You know what? I work late. I understand. My brain doesn't kick into high gear until like 11 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until Nick, Nick fully catches up. So we'll go quarterbacks for 2,000. Quarterba- wow, quarterbacks for 2,000. People do not like jerk. Yeah, they do not like when people jump the board like that. All right. Uh, <laughs> this NFC North pigskin passer. Has three straight who wrote, games. Who wrote that? Who Me. do you think you are? Shell Silverstein? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, this NFC North pigskin passer has three straight games with 215 or fewer passing yards. Nick. Nick. Um, I feel like it's probably not an obvious answer, so I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. That is incorrect. And also, you mean who is Aaron Rodgers? Heath? Yeah, whatever. So Nick has negative. No, no negatives. Goals. No negatives. Oh, what? <laughs> so it's not Jeopardy. <laughs> Heath, you have an answer? Yes, Heath. Yes. Matthew, who is Matthew Stafford? Incorrect. The correct answer, who is Kirk Cousins? Who is wait, Kirk so, Cousins? Wait, here's an important question. So if I get it wrong, there's only one other person, so why does he have to say his he name? He doesn't. He doesn't. But he's, I, think he sh- I think he should, though, because I think it's funny. Yeah, he's honoring the game. That's fine. All right, Heath, what was the question? Kirk Cousins has thrown 215 yards or fewer in three straight games. Oh, okay. That's amazing. And in case you were unclear as to who Kirk Cousins is, he is an NFC North <laughs> pigskin passer. Uh, he, he's still on the board. Also, I forgot to put the answers in my notes, so I might get some of these wrong. Uh, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Quarterbacks for 1,500, please. Okay, this one I think I might have to look up the answer to. Um, he leads all quarterbacks in rushing yards. Heath. Nick. Uh, I heard Heath. Who is... Josh Allen. Incorrect. Uh, that, well, that was, that was going to be my guess. So I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm that. Um, who is Cam Newton? Incorrect. Who is Lamar Jackson? Lamar. Really? Jackson. Already? Wow. Yeah. I'm going to just double check that answer. Yeah. Lamar Jackson has 60 more yards than Josh Allen. All right. Heath, the board is still yours and you are winning 500 to nothing. This is pathetic, I think it's by the actually negative twenty five hundred and negative three thousand. But <laughs> we should just fully embrace how terrible we are at this game. Um, running backs for what fifteen hundred, please. Okay, running backs for fifteen hundred. Among running backs with one hundred or more carries, he leads the way with five point four seven yards per carry. Heath. Heath. Who is Philip Lindsay? Incorrect. Nick? I hate this game. All right. That, I will. That is not right. The correct answer is Aaron Jones, just ahead of Philip Lindsay. Just ahead of Philip Lindsay. Um, Heath is going to check and make sure I'm right, which I appreciate. Heath, the board is still yours. 
Uh, at what point, by the way, can we do like, here's my Jeopardy question here. At, at what point will the Packers coaching staff, present or future, realize that Aaron Jones is better than Jamal Williams? Which year will it be? Which is 2018. They already did. <laughs> um, all right, not, not really, though. I mean, Williams was still taking carries from him the last couple of weeks. Nick is just not uh, on Pass Jeopardy. catchers for 2,000, please. Pass catchers for 2,000. These two teams have multiple pass catchers with at least 90 receptions. Nick. Nick. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, crap. You might be right. <laughs> I forgot about Kelsey. Um, uh, I don't think Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I don't think Tyreek Hill has 90 catches. All right, Heath, go ahead if you have an answer. Yes, I will say uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, we finally got one right. All right, way to go. That, Heath. One's, that one's pretty obvious in retrospect. 20, <laughs> 2,500 to nothing for Heath. Uh, board is yours. Um, quarterbacks for 500. Quarterbacks for 500. In six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, only Patrick Mahomes has scored more fantasy points than this football chucker. I can't. I can't get past that. That stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna let Heath go first. The here number two quarterback in in fantasy. Um, this is awful. I don't think I know the answer to this. I, I would guess. I would guess it's Andrew Luck. Can you That's, say it in the form of a question, please? Who is who 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 is that pigskin chucker, Andrew Luck? Football chucker. Incorrect. The answer is Matt Ryan. <laughs> he made you say it as a question, and just when you weren't even right. Matt Ryan is the number two quarterback in fantasy. Uh, Heath, the board is still yours. I've kind of lost track of what's available. We have quarterbacks for a thousand. Okay. We have running backs. Let's for... just get rid of quarterbacks. All quarterbacks right. for a thousand. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Cam Newton. Of these three, he is the one who has not finished as the number one quarterback in fantasy in any of the last five seasons. Nick. Nick. Drew Brees. Hey, Nick's on the board. That was kind of an easy one. Drew Brees it is. He was number two five years ago behind Peyton Manning. All right, so Nick has 1,000. Heath has 2,500. Nick, the board is yours. We have running backs for a thousand and two thousand, and we have pass catchers for five hundred, a thousand, and fifteen hundred. Pass catchers for fifteen hundred. That answer is your daily double. You're so, damn right it is. You want all of it at one thousand? Oh man, I don't know if it, that's a lot to risk. I mean, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm an intrepid sort. Let's go for it. All right. No tight end has more touchdowns than this big fella. So who has the most tight end, tight end touchdowns yeah. this year? Mm-hmm. Who is Travis Kelsey? You lost all right your money. Oh, right it's tricky. Oh, it's Ebron. Yeah, That's unreal. It's God. Ebron. And no, he's it's, 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 it's too early for this man. <laughs> it's ten o'clock. And here's, and here's what's so bad about that. It's so stupid to think it's Kelsey because it's so obvious that it's not. And I answered it. Uh, we still have enough money on the board for you to win, and the board is yours. We have pass catchers for five hundred and a thousand, running backs for a thousand and two thousand. I kind of want to lose. Um, whatever, whatever the most expensive running back one is. All right, running backs for two thousand. This AFC ball carrier is the only running back with one hundred rushing yards against the Ravens this season. It's very difficult. This AFC now. I'm not going to say it again. AFC ball carrier only running back with a hundred rushing yards against the Ravens. 
All right, I'm sorry. Uh, Heath. T- all right, Heath, I'll give it to you. Who is Nick Chubb? James Conner is the answer. I, I was I. Were, why did were you going to say that? Yes, I swear, and I, I almost buzzed in first with it. I believe Nick. I'm going to give him the. I'm going to give him two. Absolutely, <laughs> I would. I would How absolutely the, not lie about it. He's and an honest to- person. That is the most – I don't care how honest he is. It doesn't matter. You screwed up as a host and took away his opportunity. Uh, he's mad at you, not me mad at you for giving him points when he – No. Just, just for the record, my second choice was going to be Lamar Miller, but my first choice was James Conner. I believe Nick. All right, Nick, the board is yours, and you are down by 500 points. Running Amazing. backs. Running he has backs 2,000 for, points, for and all 2,000 points came on a question he did not answer. <laughs> running backs for 1,000. He is the number one running back in fantasy over the last three weeks in PPR scoring. Heath. Who is he? Heath. Heath. <laughs> who is Heath is great. Who is Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry is correct. Two points yeah, ahead of... The, what, kind of what, what kind of stupid question is that? Two points ahead of Christian McCaffrey. He's actually very close. So Heath now has uh, 3,500. Nick has 2,000. And we have exactly 1,500 points left. And I will go ahead and read the final two. Cool. So this is where this is where I'm going to regulate here, regulate you as commissioner. This question's worth fifteen hundred one. Uh, all right, the last one will be worth a thousand and one. Uh, oh, okay, pass catchers for five hundred. Only Christian McCaffrey has more catches than this running back. Heath. Heath. Who is Ezekiel Elliott? Nick. Who is the second most catches among running backs? Uh second most catches around. Um, that's a that's an easy one. It's um, I kind of want to say Gurley, but is that is that kind of obvious? Three, um, uh, two, one. Yeah, I'll say uh, who is uh, who is Todd Gurley? Who is Saquon Barkley? And that means Heath Cummings is going to win. Our last question is, our last answer is pass catchers for a thousand. He is the number one wide receiver in fantasy this season. In what format? In either format. It, it it can't be Michael Thomas, right? After after the disasters of the last couple it's weeks, it's not Michael Thomas. Well, I actually thought uh, I I kind of thought it might be uh, ah Heath Heath. Who is Devonte Adams? Correct, you win. You know, Devonte Devonte scores every single week. Like he's un- he's awesome. Baby, weird out to play us out. All right, I know Heath. I know Nick doesn't like that music. But he's definitely going to like this music, ladies and gentlemen. We're going long today. It is time for the Fantasy Regulators. This is from Matt. Matt is the commissioner of an eight-team work league where the championship game ended in a tie due to the Saints fumbling in the end zone. One of the teams in the championship had Will Lutz, so if the Saints had either kicked a field goal or a point after, he would have won the game. The issue is... uh, the issue is that when I went to check the matchup tiebreaker in the official rules, it said none. This is the first year of the league, so I left everything in PPR and standard other than that, but there's no tiebreaker listed. I'm considering having them play another week to determine the winner. What would you do? Nick, why don't you uh, be our pro- guest? Let Nick be our guest regulator. This league ended in a tie, and there are no tiebreakers in place. What would you do? So Wait, so the championship game was week 15? Yeah. Okay, first off, the guy should never be commissioner again for having his fantasy championship game in week 15. So that's how I would regulate is you should, whoever whoever this is, 
Matt. You should do yourself. Actually, I was going to say do your league a favor, but honestly, it's do yourself a favor and give the commissionership to someone else because you're embarrassing yourself. That's terrible. <laughs> um, you play a game in week 16, of course, since you screwed it up. Now you have actually this is almost like the fantasy gods are saying you screwed this up so badly that we have taken things into our <laughs> hands by forcing this to end in a tie so that you have to play the fantasy Super Bowl the week that everybody else plays it. I kind of agree. Let him play again, Heath. My my exact answer was going to be resign as commissioner. <laughs> so Nick nailed that one. Congratulations, Nick. Wonderful job. Uh, you should quit. You should maybe even quit fantasy football. Like take a year off just to punish yourself for being so terrible. Uh, we're just going to say one thing to be nicer to Matt. Matt, if, if the problem with playing in week 16 is that one of the owners is like, well, look, I dropped all these guys because I thought this was the end of the season. This isn't fair. That's valid. In that case, the higher seed gets the win, the guy who had the better regular season. No, if that happens, then the guy who dropped his players is never invited back to the league ever again. What kind of clown would do that? Like you drop someone that you – it's the last week of the season, so you dropped Jamal Williams because you didn't need him anymore. But now all of a sudden Jamal Williams is on waivers, you know? Yeah, you know what that's called? Fantasy football. Like it happens. Yeah, but you're not playing for another week. He thought that the season was over in week 15. Oh, so then it's the commissioner's job to to to, to finagle that and All make right. it work. Next email. Uh, and also, I Matt, I wasn't actually going to tell you that you had to do this for having your championship in week 15. I don't mind different rules and schedules. The reason you should resign as commissioner is because you set up a league in which there is no tiebreaker for a championship game and a league in which you don't ha- like there has to be a tiebreaker. Uh, there there does. Here's Zach in Nashville. He says regulators I take major umbrage with that, by the way. No, it is not okay to have a fantasy Super Bowl in Week 15. Shouldn't IR spots be specifically used only for players who are physically on IR, not out or questionable or Le'Veon Bell? Our league rules don't specifically mention this, and people claim in our league that the system lets them do it, so it's fair. Isn't this cheating? My argument is that the league system is limited, so people should be monitoring this. This should definitely be addressed in the offseason, right? Heath? Here... The, the the position is literally called IR. Right. IR. What do people think that stands for? It pisses <laughs> me off that there are and, and it, you can do this on CBS too. You can make it to where if somebody's out, they go on IR, or you can make it to where they have to be on IR to be on IR. And I'm all for taking advantage of loopholes in the system, but it's a bad job by the commissioner to allow this. So what would you guys do? Nick, what would you do? Nick. <laughs> yeah, you're out, you're on. Um, yeah, the commissioner is a clown. I mean, that's, 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 that's ridiculous. I love when like the commissioners like allow things to happen and like, oh, well, why would you do this? It's because you allowed it to happen, moron. Um, yeah, you set it up so that players on injured reserve have to go on injured reserve. That's part of the fun of fantasy football is like when you draft Le'Veon Bell and then he's not there, but he's not injured. Like you have to keep him on your roster or you cut him and, and it creates an interesting decision for you to have to make. That's what's great about fantasy football. That's the commissioner's fault. Do better, guy. All right. Last, uh, last regulation. Here we go. This is from Aaron. Aaron says, Regulators, I need your help. I'm being held hostage by my commissioner's ridiculous rules. He has instated a rule where you cannot add or drop players during the fantasy playoff. Whatever your roster is going into the playoffs is all you have to work with. I recently added Jalen Samuels to my team only to have the commissioner go into my team and drop him. I feel this is preposterous and unnecessary. Please pass judgment on this fool. No. I'm not going to. If you have enough roster spots, we talk all the time about how we want to make this more like the NFL, right? 
Mm-hmm. Do NFL teams get to go add players to their roster in the playoffs, or do they have a playoff roster? They can add players. I think. I don't think they can add free agents to the active roster. I think they have to be like they have to be like on the practice squad. Okay. All right. Nick would know. I I, I could but, but be wrong about would, that, but I, I don't think I, I am. say something and say I don't think, and Nick says I don't think, and you just Nick says it, and you're like, oh well, that must be true. I'm being nice to our well, guest. I am. I am the guest. Oh, yeah. Fair. Come on, Nick. 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 <laughs> um, I don't Who have a Nick? real issue. I don't have a real issue with this because um, it's the rules. Like if that. It, and I actually think that it's kind of a cool rule, but that's something that like you know in advance, right? Yeah. So like that's that where I kind of blame the owner, right? So if I'm the an owner in that league and the playoffs are coming up and it is well established that this is one of the things that we're rolling with. Look, this is why like I advocate and I say to people all the time, like you want to do like a lot of different leagues of a lot of different experiences. So like if I only did one league or two leagues, this is not a league I'd probably want to do because I do like the option of being able to add guys during the playoffs. Like last night was Tuesday was white knuckle for me because I put in like 50 waiver claims on like John Kelly and guys like that for this weekend, which is a lot of fun. But if you do a lot of leagues and you could do stuff like this and you can add a league like this, if you know it's coming in advance, and I'm guessing the commissioner didn't spring you, spring it on you at the last minute, that's where you got to do some roster construction like in the last couple weeks of the season. If you know you're going to be a playoff team and say, okay, let me try and load up here, um, do what you got to do, maybe a couple speculative ads. I actually think that's kind of part of the strategy. And if this guy knew that and then just kind of ignored it, then I think this is not the commissioner's fault but the, the player's fault. I, Nick is 100% right. Nick is great at regulating. Thank you, Nick. How can we see you on CBS Sports HQ? Um, I would love if you watched me on CBS Sports HQ because, honestly, I'm really insecure. And the more people that watch and tell me how good I am, the better I feel about myself and the better I sleep at night. Um, host Sportsline um, five days a week. Sportsline is our gambling fantasy vertical on CBS Sports HQ. It is all picks against the spread, analysis of picks against the spread, and tons of fantasy information. Um, it's weekdays, 6 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ, which you can watch for free on all your connected devices. And also on Saturdays leading into CBS College Basketball now, leading into bowl games we'll do as well, and on NFL Sundays for the next two weeks. And then, of course, we'll have playoff editions, Wild Card Weekend through through the Super Bowl. And um, and once that's done, then more of a focus on the NBA and college hoops and, and, fan- and DFS. We give DFS lineups every night. So absolutely love hosting it. I also anchor our highlight shift at night, but guessing this audience will be more interested in the Sportsline show. So please watch that. It is a labor of love. I love fantasy. I love gambling, and I hope that comes across. So please watch me on CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, and he's much better on CBS Sports HQ than he is at Fantasy Jeopardy, I can assure everybody of this. But you know, well, well, like, if I knew that we were playing Fantasy Jeopardy, like, I would have done a quick scan of, like, the stats since that— What do you of, mean? I, I sent you the notes twice, and it had Fantasy Jeopardy in there. Was fantasy. It went to the same email, the email address that, that all of his league emails go to. <laughs> <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. They just disappear. All right, that's okay, big can I, Heath. Can I, can, I, can I toss one thing out there yeah, really quickly? Um, one really cool thing, like the two of you specifically, and also Jamie and Dave and CBS as a whole. Um, I've, I haven't worked in a ton of places, but this has been the place far and away where the people that cover fantasy – really love fantasy and it's just really cool to work in the spot like with people that are passionate about it your listeners absolutely love it the people we interact with on twitter because i'm obsessed with fantasy football so it really is a pleasure to be able to share that with you guys and and everybody on social media because fantasy football is just the absolute favorite thing and i feel like less of a man when i don't win in a bunch of my leagues and that is me being absolutely honest but He's always going to have that undefeated season. And thank you for that, Nick. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have Nick as part of this. Uh, we love having him on to talk fantasy. Thanks, man. You have a good one. 
and he thank you. And everybody, we are out of here. Thanks for listening. Back tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games. <laughs> <laughs>